What's up, nerds? It's Rick Swift, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Madison Swift. And this is the Film Grouch Show. So, uh, this episode we are doing a he pick, and it is 1993's Tombstone. In Tombstone, crime ruled the streets, violence stalked the innocent, and every stranger was your enemy. Until Wyatt Earp and his brothers arrived. And now, all hell is about to break loose. Val Kilmer, Bill Paxton, Jason Priestley, Sam Elliott, Dana Delaney, Michael Bean, Powers Booth, Charlton Heston. You gonna do something or just stand there and bleed? Justice is coming to Tombstone. Which, if you were listening to the last episode, I mentioned that at Weapons Battalion in Paris Island, you were forbidden from quoting that movie on the rifle range because it was quoted so many times, it finally got, um, they had to put the kibosh on it or whatever, they had to say, stop doing lines from Tombstone. Also Sniper, but nobody guessed Sniper, so that's okay. But anyway, um, so this is my he pick, and the reason I picked this is because I'm trying to be nice to Madison because our new rule that she came up with is that we have to have all of our picks be in line with the previous movie. So, for example, you either have to have um, actors in common with the previous movie, uh, director, producer, writer. It has to be, like, one of the big people. It can't be, like, you know, a, 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 a key grip or anything, like, best boy or whatever that is. So we just got back from California um, from my red carpet screening for Tango Down. And uh, so we had our little California adventure. So I guess it's kind of uh, appropriate that we are doing this. Also, October 26th is when the actual gunfight at the OK Corral took place. So pretty topical because we're actually recording this a few days after that. It's Halloween. It is Halloween. I didn't want to tell everybody we're hiding in the room. We turned off all the lights and we're hiding (laughs) because our neighborhood is like... It's like every once in a while we'll get like one or two kids and it's gotten to the point where it's easier just to like hide and shame and, and, and podcast for our, our lovely fans. So that's what we're doing. So anyway, um, the reason I said I was being kind to Madison is because this has a ton of people, a ton of actors in it. Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, uh, Dana Delaney, Jason Priestley's in it for crying out loud, Billy Zane. So I figured I'd get I'd get her a movie that would be able to start us on the ball right, you know. So without further ado, uh, if you're not familiar with Tombstone, it is about the famous fight at the uh, OK Corral, the gunfight at the OK Corral in Tombstone, Arizona territory with the Earps and the Clantons and uh, Doc Holliday and all that good stuff. This is probably one of the best performances that you will ever see from Val Kilmer ever. I think uh, the other movie that he was really good in was a movie called Spartan, which is a pretty obscure movie, but I really enjoyed it, about a CIA training special forces. I'm going to let Madison take the, uh, the, 
the brunt of this because this was a, a movie that I picked for her to watch. And she said she had a ton of questions as we were watching the movie. And I'm like, that's awesome because it, it's, I think, I think it's interesting how, what her perspective will be for this total guy movie, this total, you know, macho guy movie about gunfights in the old West. So take it away, Madison. All right. Well, the first thing I wrote down was, I think this is a boring Western Z Z Z Z Z Z My next question was That's not a question. That was a statement. Okay, my first question. Where is Clint Eastwood and when is the scene from the Great Movie Ride? Ah, yes. So the Great Movie Ride that we'll forever lament. Yes. Uh one of her favorite rides of all time. Um there's a scene where they show, she's pretty sure they show a scene from this movie, but she wasn't sure. So did you do some research on that and find out? No, all Westerns are the same to me. Oh, okay. So you didn't research it and find out. So. <laughs> Maybe we'll add that in the notes. Maybe I'll make you do that afterwards. So what was your question? Apparently Clint Eastwood was not in this movie. No, I don't think he had anything at all to do with this movie, actually, which is kind of interesting. I thought he had to be in all Western movies. No, I think Unforgiven came out right before this, though, and that was uh, kind of the modern uh western where he was uh, almost making amends i guess for some of his older cheesier westerns and was trying to give like more gravitas to the to the the uh the lethality of the old west which i really liked about this movie because uh one of the things that the director said that um made him interested about doing this movie was the fact that the okay the the gunfight at the okay corral isn't the beginning of the movie and it isn't the end of the movie it's like the middle of the movie it's like it's not really the you know, everybody wants that yeah everybody thinks that that's gonna be the culmination of the movie but it's not really no. that's that's just a part of what happens it's the not, second act yeah it's actually the second act so what else do you have when is something going to happen when is something going to happen that's what you have in your notes yeah did anything happen yeah what happened the fight at the okay corral <laughs> that's it that's like it was an hour into the movie and then it was the gunfight at the okay corral and that's it other stuff happened that was early on well, apparently they fired the original director because he was going to make an epic, like, four-hour-long movie about all of the major characters. Like, Billy Brocious, that's uh, the guy who's like, well, bye, Powers Booth. Yes. They were going to do more uh, about the Clantons and Ike. And Ike Clanton has got to be the biggest bitch in the the American West, Wasn't right? Wasn't he the one that started it all? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I can't think of the guy who played him. Uh the guy from Avatar. He apparently was drunk on set the whole time too. They said, um, but yeah, he was terrible. So I guess he was probably doing like method acting because he was just like this loud-mouthed, you know, drunk jackass who's just constantly trying to start fights with everybody. And then finally, when he's at the gunfight, he doesn't have his gun, and he's like, "I ain't got no gun. I ain't got no gun." And and Wyatt says something like, well, get get away, because, you know, kind of that's what we're doing here. We're killing people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is interesting. If you uh, look at the OK Corral, the gunfight itself was actually 30 seconds long. About 30 bullets were fired in 30 seconds, and they were about six feet apart from each other. Which is pretty standard for how a, a real gun battle goes down, even by today's standards, to be quite honest. Okay. So that is what happens, but there's a lot more that happens before that, wouldn't you say? They 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 set everything up. Oh yes, there's this new lady in town, and she comes in town. She's a performer. Yes. And 
she's an actress she's an actress and she's traveling with this guy i think he's her brother or maybe just her really good friend or something yeah she's just he's just the the partner in the play he's just like the the traveling you know minstrel like a wandering minstrel kind of person who's like with her and her her acting troupe i guess you would say yes and And that's uh, billy zane they are new in town and wyatt earp who is played by kurt russell that's how the movie starts he comes to town on a train Yes, oddly enough, I read that uh, the train that he comes in is a 5150, which is, I guess, the L.A. county code for, like, losing your shit. Yes. Like, being crazy. And then at the end, towards the end, when when everybody's leaving on the train, and he says, you tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me. Yes. It's also 5150. So yes. people have made comments about that. So it's like the crazy train. So I was like, oh, it's like Ozzy Osbourne. That'd yes. be cool. That would be. This would probably be one of those movies that... I wouldn't hate if they had like modern music playing in some of the scenes like Metallica or Ozzy and Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses would be kind of appropriate actually. So like that like all the, okay the the lead up is the Earps getting into Tombstone. Right, cuz he has a brother. Right, and they're going to basically kind of just set up shop and and he doesn't want anything to do with law enforcement cuz he was no, law enforcement in Dodge City and he never even really did much when he was over there. He's just kind of got this legend, and it, it's similar to Braveheart, where he's living up to this legend that that people think that he's a certain way, and he's kind of not. But he's 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 uh he's no shrinking violet. He's no pansy, that's for sure. He knows that he's a badass. Like uh, and I've I've done some research, and apparently Wider really was like a no shit kind of guy. Like like mm-hmm. the scene where he confronts uh Billy Bob Thornton. And Billy Bob Thornton's like basically set up shop in this uh, in this uh, casino, and he's running out all the business because he's just an asshole, and he's constantly picking fights with people and stuff like that. So Wyatt basically walks in and says, "You're in my seat," yes. you know, like, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, excuse me," and then he's like basically slaps him and says, "Well, come on, bitch, what are you gonna do? Like, you better do something because I'm standing in front of you." And then he's like, "Here, take my gun," and he he can't even do anything with the gun because you know Wyatt Earp is just like badass so a couple of times i had a hard time understanding what they were saying because i don't speak western man yeah <laughs> you don't speak western man yeah. that's a good way of saying it yeah and then at one point i started thinking would i be able to live in this time and place like would i be able to survive there and i thought it would be a lot simpler but a lot less comfy but then i realized there would be no air conditioning so i realized no i couldn't live there yeah well, it's interesting because, um, okay, speaking of living back in those times, Doc Holliday was born in Georgia, and his mom died when he was 15 of tuberculosis. During that time, he was helping her. So he was trying to, like, you know, like, nurse her back to health or whatever, and she was contagious, and that's how he got his tuberculosis when he was 21. So he had just gone through all this training to become a doctor of dentistry. So he was, he was an actual doctor. And he ended up getting tuberculosis right after he opened up his practice. And he was kind of like, well, I'll move to the Southwest and become a gambler because that was actually, at the time, considered like a, a normal thing. It wasn't like, like you know, a gambler as a profession is kind of a weird thing by today's standards. But I right. guess there's plenty of people to do it in Vegas. Look at that guy uh, on uh, Jeopardy. Yes. Technically, he's a professional gambler and did pretty well for himself. Yep. So Doc Holliday is, is kind of like, and we'll get into that when we talk about the end of the movie but he he's pretty much like a, a daredevil like he's kind of not afraid of what's coming because anything he's, is better than dying of tuberculosis he's definitely not a pansy 
definitely not a pansy or a daisy no or a shrinking violet yeah wyatt earp played by kurt russell who who looked good in the movie i was wondering how old he was there and i didn't really look it up no he's probably in his 40s yeah probably he looks he and and again he looks like wyatt earp i've seen pictures of wyatt earp he looks like wyatt earp yeah unlike uh kevin costner costner Ugh. so wyatt earp and his lady i couldn't really tell if they were married or not it was just common a, law yeah okay and living his, in sin they were oh dear and then his brother virgil earp played by the ranch's sam elliott because that's how i know him from the ranch <laughs> yes he's he's kind of always sam elliott you know he's hey yeah. mijo from roadhouse and yes. the ranch and yes. this and pretty much every movie there, there was one oh he was on uh parks and rec where he yes. plays like this weird hippie An and earthy like, crunchy guy and i'm like no yeah no, that was weird that is not sam elliott you get that guy and i think he had no mustache even he looked just just and he wore sandals. get him out of there just get him out it of was there. nasty i'm like that's virgil Earp. that's that's the rancher that's no you get him out of there so virgil and his lady and doc holiday and his lady so they all set up shop in this town yes well they basically take they they without being like dicks about it they basically take over that casino yes he takes a cut of the profits to do protection which is kind of a gangster thing to yeah do, that's but what the mob does when you consider that the other guy was um doing the same thing yes but he was kind of just running he wasn't he wasn't being good for business right right he was being bad for business so the the actual owner of the place is like well you're the devil that i know that kind of thing it's like but this is this is a guy who's gonna take probably less per percent and actually give me business but yeah. So Wyatt Earp's lady, I refer to her as the lady with the long curls. I noticed that she had a drug problem. Oh yeah, she had an opium problem. Yeah, she kept asking for drugs, and so she was heavy with the drugs. Was this the movie where there were like no Chinese or something like that, or they're running out the Chinese? Or there was some kind of overt racism about the Chinese. Well, the opium dens were predominantly run by the Chinese, so they were kind of. Mm -hmm. It was this weird kind of. Well, they give us our drugs, but we hate them because they give us our drugs kind of thing i don't remember like, that maybe i was spacing off I don't you know. might have been but at least you are awake the entire time unlike other people that i know that do podcasts i was awake when the i had mentioned earlier that there's a, a new actress that came into town with her partner i referred to her as the new floozy in town because she kept asking about wyatt earp even though he had his common law wife and then they kept making eyes at each other and one time they ran into each other while they were riding horses in a field and they had this very inappropriate scene that made me feel very uncomfortable because they had a picnic. And I was thinking, well, damn, if my husband had a picnic with some floozy, I would be pissed. Yeah, you'd be really pissed. And they were talking about how the mayor was in heat and that they had yes! to run the stallion and yes! the mayor had to run it out. It was so like, inappropriate. It's like, oh, they got to work this out. You it know, made cause... me feel very <laughs> uncomfortable. Very squishy. <laughs> Just very uncomfortable. So I found out that they actually had a scene that they cut after that. Because remember I said, oh, well, they never actually had sex. So yeah. I guess he, he technically never officially cheated on his right. wife. Well, in the apparently cut scene... the cutscene they did right after that horse scene, which makes complete sense because they're riding horses that are in heat yes. and they're on a picnic yes. and they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And, you know, they're probably going to do stuff. So they yes. did do stuff, but it was off. They cut that scene. So it didn't happen. I guess it's not canon. It's right. Not canon. It didn't happen. So it was shortly after that that long curls moved from laudanum to opium. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think it was related. I don't think she knew about floozy lady making eyes at her man. 
Um, I think she was just sick and tired of, like, you were just saying how you would never be able to live in the West. I think that would have, like, not to be mean to you or anything, but you'd probably be, that's like, like taking Advil all the time. Like, taking, how we, how we take Excedrin all the time, but we don't, like, take it to the point where we can't function right. as humans. Right, And I think if we lived back in those times, we probably would have just been like, just, just Give put it me to out me. to the pasture yeah, and, yeah. and just shoot me. Shoot me. <laughs> Because it sucks to be out here. I always think when I saw Tombstone, I thought the same thing. I think I would have been probably some kind of like marshal, but not like a not like a like a, a full time sheriff. Like I probably would have been working in the town, almost like a volunteer fireman, kind of like that's what they had the 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 deputy marshal. Like I probably would have done stuff like right. that, but I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have gone looking for trouble. But if trouble came to find me, I wouldn't have been a pansy about it. I would have been like, oh, I have my gun and. Do what I gotta do, which is interesting. When we get into guns, we'll we'll get into guns, and and when we get to the OK Corral. At one point, I don't remember who, but two people had a Latin word off, and it was really weird. Well, we did a whole bit about that on uh, Face Kevlar. We didn't. We did a commercial for Tactical Girl, f- for Face Kevlar, where we did a parody of that scene, and we did our characters were insulting each other in Latin and stuff like that, and. It was a it was a, a takeoff on that. So in Latin, they were basically just saying stuff like, uh, almost like what he says to him at the end when he's like, you know, I'm your I'm your Huckleberry, uh, your Daisy. If you do, like you look like somebody walked on your grave. It, it's kind of like they're both educated people. I love that. I love when he says, "Oh, apparently he's an educated man." Now I really hate him. Yes. Because <laughs> yes. it's almost like Doc Holliday's over here because he has because he's got tuberculosis and he's like he doesn't he's he's done right he he put all this time and money into becoming a doctor and then he did and then he's like well shit i'm gonna die anyway mm-hmm. and then he has this other guy who's in perfect physical health and he's educated he's a smart guy and he's running around doing all this shit so he's kind of well what what's your excuse why are you out here being a dumbass and yeah johnny ringo apparently was a real person i thought he was made up like a like a, a composite for the movie all these people were real people they were like not composites Mm-mm. which i thought was interesting also, the very opening scene where you see the cowboy shooting at the screen, that's from an old uh, 1903 movie called The Great Train Robbery. And it was one of, it was so effective back when it opened up that people were like freaked out. Like they thought where they were actually getting shot. Oh that's goodness. like, that's like the special effects, like the T2 of their time, you know? Yes. But yeah, that's not, um, that was, that, that was interesting because he looked a lot like one of the characters from the movie that Billy Jack Texas or I don't know you you were talking about how the names are really hard in this movie to to know and that's true like the people that aren't the main characters also I thought Party of Five was in this and it wasn't it was no. the guy from uh, Sex in the City Aiden Aiden yeah, broke yeah. Up he with was her. a dick he shot at the guy on the stage what yeah. a dick okay so then I have written down crazy Mexican shooting randomly in the street then he shot the marshal who didn't see that coming I guess this is what happens Powers Booth you thought he was a Mexican? <laughs> oh, I thought he was a Mexican. Whoops. Uh, he's not a Mexican, but he has. They do have one Mexican uh, Indian on in their crew. But yeah, that's that's uh, Brocious, and he's the one that that actually happened. Um, this is interesting because the guy who was going to play the marshal was um, uh, they wanted Glenn Ford, but then he got really sick and he wasn't able to to or Robert Robert Mitchum rather, and he got really sick and he wasn't able to do the um the scene mm-hmm. so he just provided the narration the opening and the end but he was going to be the sheriff originally who gets shot but the guy who ended up being the sheriff is harry Carey jr who 
who has been in a lot of westerns and stuff like that. But apparently in real life, he was shot. He didn't die. Oh. And he said it was an accident. The gun oh. went off by accident. That's why they showed it like that in the movie because it was like, well, how does an, how does somebody accidentally shoot a sheriff? Well, that's what he was doing. He was drunk and I think he was on drugs. He wasn't just drunk. I wrote that down several times. Drugs are bad. That was like a major takeaway I yes. took away from this movie. Like, yes. drugs are bad, okay? Um, yeah, because he shoots the sheriff. But was that after and he then was Wyatt being... Wyatt saves him. And yes. that actually happened in real life, too. Yes. Wyatt actually did intervene because the town was going to lynch him. Yes. Because they liked the sheriff. And they're like, you just shot the sheriff, dickhead. And they're going to hang him. And he's like, no, no, no. And remember, he didn't want any part of being law enforcement. So that's interesting to me because that's really when the shift happens in the movie where he starts to get involved. Right. But wasn't this after the guy was being belligerent in the bar and they threw him out of the bar and then he went out and yeah. doing the shooting? This okay. was after. There's a lot of, and that's a, that's a thing with this movie, there's a lot of scenes where there's just a bunch of drunk idiots with guns. Yes, which is so bad. It's hard to... <laughs> Don't drink and shoot, people. Yeah. Do your drinking after you shoot. Yeah. Okay, so then after this incident that we just discussed uh, where the guy shot the marshal... And Wyatt Earp intervenes so that they don't lynch the guy, the shooter man. All this stuff starts changing in the town. They put up these signs that say you can't carry guns in the town. And then the brothers, and I'm sorry, I think I said there were two brothers. There's actually three brothers. There's Morgan Earp also. Mm -hmm. So there's infighting. In Bill the Paxton. Yes. So there's the four core guys. And they're all like taking sides. And at this point, I made a prediction that I wrote down. At least one of these guys are going to die. Not including Doc Holliday, who's got TB. I was referring to him as TB Man. <laughs> TB Man. So oh, one of the great. three Earps are going to die. That was we, my prediction. I hope he doesn't haunt us <laughs> on Halloween. <laughs> call him Val Kilmer's still alive. I mean, actual Doc Holliday. Oh, uh, sorry, Doc Holliday. Rest in peace. So I wrote, Mustache, Colt and Rooster's daddy is unhappy that he can't carry, carry guns in the town. Colton Rooster's daddy. Who's... Yeah, from the ranch. Oh, yeah, okay. Virgil Earp. Yeah, he's not upset about the guns thing. He's the one posting the guns sign. I wrote down that he's unhappy. Well, he said that I'm can't not... can't carry guns in town. Yeah, he says that you that's can't. That's my note. He posts it up on the... He's the, the marshal, and that's accurate. That In, in real life, Mar uh, Virgil and Morgan were the marshals. Uh, in the town and they put up that ordinance i don't know if it was in relation to the uh, sheriff being shot or not but they did put up that ordinance and i looked it up apparently it was like if you came in the town there was a livery stable kind of place or where you had to like t stow your guns until you left the the town so like you couldn't carry the guns in the city limits so you had to check them so what would happen is like if you first and they said they had a they had a uh, an exception for people that like just showed up and had no clue and you know it's kind of like oh i didn't know that or they give you kind of like it wasn't like a it was a misdemeanor kind of thing it wasn't like uh, a felony or anything like that but it was frowned upon and if somebody said hey you need to disarm then you did it without hesitation kind of thing so it's interesting okay so then i have that drunky I'm guessing that that refers to the shooter that shot the marshal. Yeah. And his gang are going to attack them, per their warning. And I thought that it was really nice that they gave them notice. Bad guys do that a lot more than you think. Yeah. They really do in real life, too, which isn't yeah. real bright. And so much for Wyatt Earp not getting involved. Yeah. He says, you gotta back your brother's play. Wyatt is 
really only been in one gunfight his whole career. That's what he's talking about. He's like, you know, everybody thinks I'm this badass, but I've really only ever been in one gunfight in my entire life. Yeah. I mean, he came out on the winning end, obviously. So there was a shootout, which would be the infamous gunfight at the OK Corral. And now everyone in the town is mad at them. And that's where I rolled my eyes. And Jason Priestley got really whiny. Jason Priestley's character, sorry. He got really whiny at them. He was like, Yeah, because there was um, sympathy for the cowboys after the shooting because... They were the bad guys. Well, because it was so one-sided. Because the other guy... I actually read this. At the at the at the gunfight, Virgil, I think it was Virgil. He said that I saw Billy Clinton pulling his gun, but I knew that Fred, whatever the other guy, I can't think of his name now. I knew he was a much better shot, so I shot him. And Billy Clinton actually got a couple shots off and never hit anybody. <laughs> so, in other words, the Earps were much better marksmen. Yes. That is why this is such a and also Doc Holliday. Um, that's why this is such an, uh, a fabled uh, event in the American West. Because right. there were 30 shots fired. People were six feet apart. And one side just slaughtered the other. The right. other side basically were ineffective morons. Right. And even one of them was like, and this actually happened. I was like, that, kid, that didn't really happen. Ike Clinton, the guy who started all the shit. Yes. All the talking. Yep. He actually fell to his knees and hugged on Wyatt Earp and said, I don't have any guns or whatever. And yes. he's like, well, then get out of here because yes. that's what we're doing here. Right. I don't remember the actual line, but you can look it up. But that's where, um, this is where he says, uh, you're a daisy if you do. Right. Which a lot of people are like, well, I don't understand that line. I have a theory about that line. I don't understand it either. I believe. Oh, pushing daisies. I believe it's a double meaning. Okay. You're a daisy if you do means, well, you'd have to be one lucky son of a bitch to, to pull that off. Right. Which apparently he actually said this. He actually said, you're a daisy if you do. He says, I got you now, Doc. Or I got you now, Holiday. And he said, you're a daisy if you do. People, like, uh, uh, witnesses heard him say that. So I think it's like he was saying, you're one lucky son of a bitch. But also, you'll be dead because you'll be pushing up daisies. Right. So that's my theory about that line. It's pretty. It doesn't really matter because I knew instantly what he meant. He's like, you be, you, yeah, you you think you got me, but you're wrong, because <laughs> he has a shotgun, which he had, in real life. Yeah, it's interesting because I I wrote the Star Trek episode. For me, the first exposure I ever had to the gunfight at the OK Corral is this weird Star Trek episode where this alien takes all of the the it takes the crew, and it puts them in this scenario where they are having to reenact the gunfight at the OK Corral. And it's really weird. And I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> I was a little kid and I was watching this. And that, so that was the first time I ever heard of the, the gunfight at the OK Corral. So, but anyway, yeah. So he says, you're a daisy if you do. There's a line where he says to the mayor, I guess we did our good deed for today, mayor. Which is kind of interesting because it was like, the mayor was kind of guilting them into being law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Now right. I looked more into how the actual gunfight went down. And it was pretty similar, except that there was a span of about two hours after he 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 um clocks the he pistol whips the one guy because he goes down there to um he was talking running his mouth so he pistol whips the one guy and I guess the sheriff the the fake sheriff the county sheriff that you know 
dandy pansy guy he told them in real life oh yeah i disarmed them so they were like walking down there i didn't get too much in the detail but they were walking down there with the under the assumption that the clintons were disarmed when they got there virgil instantly realized oh shit they're not disarmed and then he says all right throw up your arms and turn over your weapons and then that's when the guy pulls out his gun instead. And he's like, I don't want that. And then that's when the, the fight happened. So then I say third act time, because I know what's coming up. <laughs> we always say this thing because we watch the Goldbergs. And there's there's a, a thing where he says, in the third act, laughs are optional. So every time you get to the third act, something sad is about to happen. So after the, the gunfight, you know things are going to be escalated. And they're going to they're gonna retaliate on the herbs. So I'm, you pretty much knew that too, I'm sure. Like you said, you knew that one of the brothers was going to die. At least one of them. At least one of them. And then they, sh they show the scene with the tarot cards, where they're reading the tarot cards. So then it was a dark and stormy night, and the thunder rolled, and then they got attacked. Yeah, Virgil gets maimed. He loses, he loses the use of his arm for the rest of his life. Yes. That's, that's historically accurate. And one, one guy died. And Morgan dies. That actually happened... A few weeks afterwards in real life but obviously they didn't there was a lot of moments in the movie where time passes very rapidly in in the in the real uh lineage of of events but they obviously kind of speed it up for the sake of the movie to keep things moving and but then... yeah he's shot in the back morgan morgan is shot in the back through a window while he's playing pool yeah and and um Wyatt Earp tries to save him, but he can't save him. There's blood everywhere. It's a really graphic scene, actually. It's really, I I, I enjoy the scene because it's so physically, like you 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 really feel the gore and death and the sadness. And he he even says, you know, you can't see a damn thing because he said that you know when you die, everybody tells you you're gonna see a light and you're gonna see this and you see all. And he's like, you don't see anything. And then he dies. And then the really bad scene comes up where um, the big meme that I use all the time with Powers Booth where it looks like Wyatt and his family are leaving town. Yeah, and I don't blame him because I would leave too because the people in this town are a bunch of ungrateful assholes. Yeah, <laughs> they kind of are. Yeah, you mentioned that. I remember while we were watching it, you said, what a bunch yeah. of assholes. I would have left them a long time ago. They don't deserve my, you know, sacrifice. Yes. So then Wyatt Earp says something about bringing the four horsemen of the apocalypse and raining holy hellfire on on the cowboys or something along those lines. Yeah. He says, you tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me. Yeah, something like that. So then they go around and they start killing the other guys. That part was kind of confusing to me because they didn't really leave. And then they were just going around just shooting the other guys. Well, it's interesting because uh, there's actual accounts of that battle at the creek that took place. And I was like, this is such Hollywood bullshit. But then I looked it up and apparently one of the guys who was shot in the stomach by the Earps gave an account of exactly that. He said Wyatt Earp just basically stood up as all these bullets were flying by him. And he walked right up to the guy and just shot him at point blank range and killed him. And the guy was like, I couldn't believe it either. And then he died. I mean, so it was an account from somebody who had nothing to gain by saying that story. <laughs> so what I told you, I, I want to talk real quick about this movie called Sunset that came out in 1988 with Bruce Willis and James Garner. Bruce Willis plays Tom Mix. 
Now, if you remember, at the very end of this movie, they say, Tom Mix wept. That's the final line of the movie. And you're probably like, I don't know what the hell that means. I don't remember that. Well, Tom Mix was this big actor in the 20s in in Hollywood. And um, in the movie Sunset, James Garner plays Wyatt Earp. And they go, it's a really good movie, actually. Uh, Malcolm, McDow- Ma- uh, Malcolm McDowell's in it. One of the things that that you learn about Wyatt Earp is that he was not the fastest gun by any means, but you could pull your gun and shoot like three or four shots and not hit him because he was just calm as shit and he would just take his time and he would aim right in on you and kill you with like one shot, like that, like a total badass. Like that, I think that's why he's such a legend to me is because kind of like in Pulp Fiction when the guys, you know, are shooting the guns and they're like, Jesus, nobody, nobody hit anybody. <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's like, that's the way Wyatt Earp was. He was just like stoic, unafraid, unwavering cold as ice and did what he had to do to survive yeah so then i wrote down what happened to long curls how could he go with this floozy i was very dissatisfied because he ended up with the floozy slutty lady but then they said that long curls died because of her drugs so then i guess it was okay that he was with floozy lady he seemed to be pretty happy with her and then they were in the snow and they were dancing around in the snow, and they seemed to be pretty happy. So then my dissatisfied turned into an, okay, then never mind. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um. So Charlton Heston is in this movie, which is awesome. He plays uh, Hooker, who's this guy who lets them kind of, like, uh, hole up while they're being, while they're going after the, the cowboys. There's this uh, vendetta posse that's been set up that, um that when they're going after the cowboys and then the cowboys have some uh people on their side the guy jason Priestley plays is actually the historian that people are now saying was the most accurate uh descriptor of what Wyatt Earp was really like which is basically what they 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 uh portray in tombstone because hmm. there was all these legends about how Wyatt Earp was like this kind you know gentle lawman blah blah well jason Priestley's character in real life wrote a book about how no he was a pimp he was a gambler he was a thief he was a murderer he was all these things and they were like no we don't believe you and then they did more and more research and they were like shit (laughs) it looks like that's what he was i mean nobody's a saint you know especially back then uh if you were out in the wild west there's you know it was called the wild west for a reason it was wild and you had to have you had to be kind of a, a hard ass to survive out there you just had to there's a big uh confrontation with johnny ringo which is interesting because johnny ringo calls out wyatt earp and says you know just you and me earp we're gonna settle this once and for all he wants basically revenge for what happened to, to brocious to powers booth and uh, Johnny Ringo is played by Michael Bean, by the way, and I think he does a fantastic job in this movie. He's been in a lot of movies with Bill Paxton. I guess he was like in five movies with Bill Paxton and James Cameron or something like that. Hmm. Uh, he was in Aliens. He was in, uh, yeah, he was in Aliens. Aliens, yes. With Bill Paxton. Uh, he was in Terminator with yes. with James Cameron. Um, but Michael Bean's been in a lot of stuff. He was in Navy SEALs. Uh, he's one of my favorite actors, actually. When I was a kid, I always like wanted to be like Michael Bean. He was just the the quintessential badass. And when I saw him as Johnny Ringo, I was like, I still kind of liked him, even though he was a, a, a just a mean son guy. of a bitch. He was a total bad guy. But what I liked about him is that he was, like he says, uh, like when uh, when Doc Holliday finally confronts him, he says, "Poor soul, you're just high strung." You know, he's like, "You're just 
like you said, what, what what makes a man like Johnny Ringo? And he's like, some people just are born to watch the world die. He says, being born is like, what is he? What is he seeking revenge for? And he says, for being born. That's what he says. Mm. So it's kind of like. He's just a bad guy. Like, he's just a, an evil bastard. And I say, I don't care if it's historically accurate. It's just great. This movie is just great. And even if it... There are some moments that are very historically accurate, but then there's also some moments that you're like, well, give or take a lie or two, which is a line they say a lot in Sunset, by the way. <laughs> so, overall, I think that this was better than I thought it would be. It wasn't terrible. I didn't fall asleep. No, you didn't. No, you never fall asleep, though. Yeah, you take this seriously, which I appreciate. Yeah. And uh, And do you, okay, do you think that, um like, you're you're happy with this pick, then? Yes, I definitely am happier with this pick over other picks. <laughs> yeah. Now, I want to talk about... Um... I want to talk about the on this day in history. This movie actually came out. I thought you've been talking about that this whole time. You've been talking about history this whole time. Well, yeah, but I we that's the thing we do. We do our bits, our bits. We do. Okay. On this day in history, like when the movie came out. This movie actually came out December twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. That's Christmas. That is Christmas. So I was looking really hard for something that would tie into this movie. And I'm like, well, I could just say, well, it's Christmas. You can use your imagination. A lot of crap happened on Christmas. But I decided I wouldn't be lazy. I would actually try to find something. So what else happened on Christmas Day? Washington crossed the Delaware during the Revolutionary War. The reason I thought that this was apropos is because it kind of shows the, the brass nuts on both Washington and Wyatt Earp when Wyatt is at the creek and he's fighting Brocious and he basically just stands up and walks through all those bullets and it's kind of like the the bravado of Washington. That's I think maybe that's why people respect both of these figures so much is because they were unafraid pioneers. They were unafraid uh, people that were willing to do things that other people wouldn't do. And I know washington uh you know obviously i'm a giant george washington fan so his guy was definitely not a pansy nope and that brings us to our secret word i think you almost got a couple you almost got me beat this time which is rare because our secret word was pansy pansy is now a word apparently that according to dictionary.com is incre- extremely offensive to the homosexual community it's a very homophobic term i thought it was a flower it is a flower. So is a daisy. Yeah. Like, is daisy offensive too? I'm sure everything is offensive these days. But it was so offensive that I said it to Dan Rather and Twitter canceled my account of 10 years. They suspended permanently my account of 10 years because I called Dan Rather a pansy. So score one for the social justice warriors. They got their, their censorship and they managed to get rid of Rick Swift on Twitter. Congratulations, you fucking cocksucking pansy losers anyway you know who wouldn't stand for that Wyatt Earp anyway so that's uh Tombstone as we see it uh obviously I love this movie this is one of my favorite movies of all time it is one of the most quoted movies in the United States Marine Corps there's just I I, I can't even tell you how many you know when I was in we didn't have memes and social media and stuff like that but uh, we're we're definitely catching up now I've seen tons and tons and tons of them there's tons of shirts out there uh, with uh, you know Doc Holliday I'm your Huckleberry and there's a lot of talk about this Huckleberry line if he actually said Huckleberry or Hucklebearer which a huckle is a kind of flower that you bear when you bury somebody 
but I'm your Huckleberry is also like saying, I'm your man. Like, I'm the guy. I'm the one that's going to do it. Like, he end up, ends up being the one that kills Johnny Ringo. Um, Spoiler. Yeah, well, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not even worried about spoilers. This movie came out in 1993. But in real so life... somebody could have not seen it yet. Oh, well. In, in, uh, uh, in real life, Johnny Ringo committed suicide, or at least that's the official Aww. story. But there's there's speculation that other people might have been involved but i don't know if they would go through all that trouble to... it's not a suicide then yeah it's not like it's it's not like he's epstein you know it's like, i was gonna say this... if somebody kills you it's not a suicide well depends on who kills it's a you murder. depends on who kills you <laughs> somebody well connected kills you and they make it look like a suicide then people say it's a suicide then guess what it's a suicide but yeah johnny ringo he looks like he got thrown from his horse and he lost his boots or something and like then weird yeah and then he was found propped up against a tree and his head was blown off and his hand was like holding just the, there was like just one finger on the trigger and his you know the 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 revolver was hanging down by his hand so people ruled it a suicide but when I mean, we're talking back in the 1880s it wasn't like they were doing forensic science and stuff like that they were like yep looks like the guy killed himself so, I mean, would you go through all that trouble if you were, like, Doc Holliday or any of these other guys back no. in the Old West? You'd just shoot the motherfucker. <laughs> you'd be just, like, you'd shoot him and leave him there, and you wouldn't make it look like a suicide. So I think it was probably a suicide. I hate to, you know, ruin the legend or whatever, but you don't go through that much trouble. Also, Doc Holliday was hundreds of miles away when the shooting happened. He took off his boots so they wouldn't get blood and brains on them. Yeah, right. Oh, speaking of boots, were you wondering why he said uh, at the end the, his final line when he's in the on the, in the deathbed in the hospital? Take my boots. No, me with my boots. He says, "Well, I'll, well, I'll be damned" or something like that. Or he looks down and he says, "Well, how about that?" Or whatever the hell he says. I don't remember. That's what it is. He he's talking about how he thought he'd die with his boots on. And like he, fighting right he always thought that like moving to the west and everything with his tuberculosis he wouldn't that wouldn't be what got him he'd he'd be in a gambling thing where it would go or wrong a latin word off just anything yeah a latin word off yeah exactly something other than tuberculosis but he didn't die with his boots on like he wanted to but um that was a really I, I, that's a really touching scene for me as a guy i don't know maybe it didn't touch you as a girl but like it's a guy thing it's like a it's like a, a, a bromance kind of thing like he's saying goodbye to his best friend it's tough i like sad. that line where he's like well i got a lot of friends and then uh, doc holiday says well i don't Aww. like that's like his only friend is wyatt you know I might not be a smart man, but I know that that good old a friend like that doesn't come along but once in a lifetime, that kind of thing. Yeah, so obviously I love this movie. I will talk about it forever. Um, I almost I what's odd is I don't own this movie, and they end up buying it or renting it so we could watch it for the podcast, and then the day after, it becomes available for free on some movie channel. On one of them, then I was like, son of a bitch. <sighs> All right, so. That has been Tombstone, and now we will give you a hint about Madison's she pick. It was set in the 80s, but it wasn't made in the 80s. Oh, God. Set in the 80s. Not, I don't know what it is, folks, though. It's set in the 80s, not made in the 80s. you got to give me a little more than that. And this movie title is also the title of a song. Oh, no. I hope it's not what I'm thinking it is. What is that? Well, if I say it, then, you're gonna, then the people are going to know. Oh, well... Tell me offline. I'll tell you afterwards, yeah. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed our little uh, 
key pick for Film Grouch, uh, the Film Grouch show. Uh, definitely. On Halloween. Yeah, on Halloween. Make sure you go ahead and check out filmgrouch.com. I just uh, got a new uh, theme that I just bought where I'll be updating the site. So you might see some changes going on there, hopefully for the better. Uh, we just joined uh, Pod uh, Podchaser. So if you go to podchaser.com, it's kind of like the IMDb of podcasts. And I'm really excited about being on there because they catalog everybody's performances uh, and they really make it easy to like and subscribe and comment. And it is one of the best places that I've seen on the internet for uh, people that are interested in podcasting. And so if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're obviously interested in podcasting. So you can follow me on Twitter at Film Grouch. You can no longer follow Rick Swift on Twitter because he did. <laughs> you can follow Madison on Twitter at Movie Princess. You can follow me also on Instagram at Film Grouch. Uh, and like I said, we just got back from our our Palm Springs, California trip where we were out there for uh, Tango Down, which is a short film that I co-wrote and produced. And I uh, had the honor of working with a ton of veterans on. Uh, very, uh, very proud of the work that we did there. And I'd like to thank anybody that's listening to this who was there that night. Thank you very much for your support and for your kindness and uh, just overall being there. So I guess uh, maybe we'll give you a new another hint after I talk to Madison offline and see uh, uh, what her she pick is going to be. But the next one will be a she pick. And we hope that you will give us another listen. And hopefully Madison will give me a movie that doesn't make me hate movies okay bye all right thanks everyone and uh remember i'm your huckleberry <laughs>